Reality Recalibrated is back, with Danny taking up residence in the party capital of the South, New Orleans, Louisiana. We talk about his move and somehow end up breaking down the pros and cons of gentrification. Enjoy the latest Reality Recalibrated. Daniel Key, we're live. Holy shit. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going great. It's going absolutely great. Yeah. It's just good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I guess we need to, to qualify this and explain what's going on. Yeah, we should probably explain what's going okay. on. Okay, okay. Well, for, first, first, you know, do the intro thing, like, you know. Oh, yeah, we got to do the intro, th- intro thing. Yeah, it's st- uh, still so a fucking it's... podcast, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Reality Recalibrated. I'm your host, Daniel Key, and I'm here with the Sergio Lugo the third, The second. Why? You should be junior then. No, no, I'm, we've gone over this. That's I'm named the second. <laughs> That's so stupid. Is that, <laughs> like, the only one that wouldn't be stupid if it was actually written out. Like, actually, T-H-E. <laughs> T-H-A. But just two... two Capital I's? No. Yeah. No. That shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Well, sorry. Sorry my name doesn't... I'm just saying your dad's kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. So we're actually in New Orleans. I moved here and Sergio has come down to visit and... We've been having a lot of fun, and but I think it's time to record a little bit of what's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's uh, it's been a while since we've sat down and recorded anything for re- for recalibrated. Yeah, I almost forgot the name of it. Right until I started talking. Right. And, just... um, and you know, we, we we tackle a different topic every time we sit down. That's 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 kind of reality breaches whole idea. Whole it's built on that. Uh, and, and I figured the, the first thing we should tackle with recalibrated is you recalibrating your entire fucking life and moving to New Orleans. That is interesting. Yeah, it, it's true. It really is a recalibration. Uh, yeah, I never really. Uh, I didn't. Re- I didn't. It didn't dawn on me. I don't know. Like it kind of dawned on me that that's what happens when you move, right? But until you actually just live it, uh-huh. like you can't even. You can't even uh, imagine what it'll be like you know so i don't know it's been pretty fascinating in that regard seeing all the change and differences and i, I can't imagine like i wish there was a way to be able to like measure growth beyond using yeah. a, beyond using a yardstick you know so. <laughs> <laughs> i moved to new orleans and got tall <laughs> there's no way to measure it though that's that's crazy there, really there, should, there should be yeah so 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 like you you picked up and like straight up moved like you got a new job in New Orleans like you don't really know anyone down here we happen you happen to know one person yeah uh, I, I guess we just tell everybody real quick I think it's such a weird story but I have this friend Dustin I knew him in Jackson um, and he moved away and got married like he met a girl like in Wisconsin moved to Wisconsin and. uh like, I, I basically stopped, you know, didn't talk to him at all during, it was probably 10 years. I didn't, it's, it's been a while. I didn't talk to him 
basically at all for 10 years other than, you know, seeing a post here or there on the internet. Maybe I, I don't even know if I ever commented on anything, but anyway, that's beside the point. But I moved down here, I find this house and I find out Dustin lives like literally it's like a 10, it's no, probably a 20 second jog to Dustin's house. That's, that is insane. <laughs> yeah. He's right there. And, um, He's he's good people, and so is his wife, and uh, it's that's been really cool just having somebody that that close by. Yeah, like, and I've like, met a lot of friends through him already. A lot of people through him and his wife. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Like, how big of a concern was that moving down here? Like, not knowing anybody. <clears throat> it it wasn't a concern at all. I don't know. Like, I was at this point in my life where I was like, dude, you can just make it anywhere. You're you're it'll be okay. All you have to do is make decide make a choice. And you will you will stumble through it. You know that's just how I view the world at this point. Yeah. Like I mean, I know enough. I know enough to be able to stumble through things. That's how I looked at it, and I was like excited about just stumbling. And I've done <laughs> a fuck shit, a fuck ton of stumbling. Okay, okay. So it's so it's different. Is it is it well? Is it different? Like how different? Yeah, it really is. I mean, but but you know, you, you got to think about it like. It's different, of course, but a lot of that is solely because you're somewhere new. And how much of that, you know, if I'm here for 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. how do you how do you view it then? So a lot of this is simply because it's somewhere new that is what makes it different. I, there's no way to know about the rest yet. I haven't lived that lived it long enough to see the the real differences yet. It's just everything's new and interesting. This is all there is right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, like when you told me, "Hey, man, I've got a job interview in New Orleans," I immediately went into panic mode. Oh yeah, I remember. I this. was like, "This motherfucker right here, this motherfucker is moving. He's tr- he's trying to leave me." And that's weird. Like we're not a, a like a, like a, a team, or we're not like a couple, but. You were you were trying to better yourself, and for some reason, I was mad. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's a good TLDR of it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, self reflection. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of being a dick by saying no, don't move. But I was upfront about it. I told you, like, yeah, you were. Yeah, you went straight. Yeah, you went straight to the negativity. Oh, that's that's my Venom. brand. That's Venom. My, that's my brand. Is it though? I didn't. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, like it's usually thing. not that kind of negativity because I guess that thing, that kind of thing, doesn't happen very often anyway. So you don't get to see it. Yeah. Like. But that's true. Yeah, you do typically assume the worst or think the worst <laughs> about, about everything. Yeah. Like you're just grossed out by everything. <laughs> everything is gross, dude. What do you think about lids for cups? Oh. It's gross. Like, why do they exist? Why can't <laughs> cups just already have a cap on them? <laughs> you have to wash two things now? What the fuck is this? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So I I come came to terms with it. And, and you know, I, I come to New Orleans two or three times a year anyway. Whether it's for a football game or a basketball game or a concert. Uh, or just to hang out in, you know, the French Quarter bourbon street area it like, is true like it does feel like that is a part of you like new orleans because yeah yeah i feel i feels like you've done that trip so many times over the years that i've known you yeah so so when you 
when you think about it that way, it's like, well, I'm going to be down there anyway. How often in a year do I go to Daniel's house? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Just hang out once. <laughs> like at that 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 last house you lived in in Jackson, I was I. I yeah, you did come out a few times. Like four or five times. Yeah. But that was kind of an anomaly. Yeah, and it's almost like typically it was like some kind of event almost like it's a night out. I mean, you're going to come by the house first or something or, yeah, yeah. or there's like, I had a get together one time you came over to that, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I can't imagine a time. I don't think there was one where you just like drop by in the middle of the day to say, Hey, or something, you know, like, Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and, and, and when I started breaking it down like that, he doesn't have to be within 10 miles of me for me to re- retain a relationship with him. That's like, that's, there's no actual glue there. Yeah, that is very true. You know, it's, it's, especially it's, in the era we live show. in, like, especially in the era we live in where so much of your relationship with somebody, you don't even think about it, but it's, it's through text or through social media or through the phone. Like it's like this tech technological relationship we have with each other or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally saw someone the other day at, uh, at Kroger. Yeah. Saw someone at Kroger that I am Facebook friends with. Have been Facebook friends with for eight years. I consistently like their stuff. Yeah. I comment on their stuff. I We have inside jokes in social media land. But I saw them at Kroger and I immediately dipped into another eye. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh God, yeah, I see your, I, I see why you would do that. <laughs> I, mean, I see why you would do it. I, I, I couldn't do it in my life. <laughs> but, oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> so you know when you when you when I was looking at it from that perspective, like now there's another reason to go to New Orleans. There's a place to crash if I'm in New Orleans. Free. Free. Yeah, this really minimizes the cost of yeah it, coming it, to New Orleans now. It, it makes New Orleans a, an easier trip to make. Yeah, and by the way, audience, I gave him a spare key. That's, That's true. That's true. So he's got a spare I'm, key to my house whenever I'm he wants. Basically, your boyfriend now. <laughs> so fun times. Uh, so back home, of course you. You're from the Jackson area. Mm-hmm. Grew up there. Did Clinton, I believe, right? Clinton, Was Mississippi. It? Since you've left, is there anything that you miss? No. Are there any like, people that you miss? No, I like no, and it's not <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't miss people. Like it's something inside of me. Like I've never missed people, really. Like. It's so weird. I don't know if I, it almost makes me wonder if there is something kind of broken about me in that way, because like, I just, I don't ever feel that. Like, I I don't ever feel like I'm just, I'm just always just whatever I'm doing, that's what I'm doing. And like, I don't think about (laughs) whatever I'm doing. That's what I'm, that's actually a good philosophy. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, it's what I do. And it's, I don't know, it does. I, I do wonder, though, like, it, it seems kind of cold to be that way. I don't know if that's really healthy or, like, can you can you really have a, a good relationship with somebody if you don't 
miss them. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it makes you, you know, and, and not for obvious reasons, like if you even say this out loud, like, so if there's a friend listening to this right now and they hear that I don't, I'm not missing them at all. <laughs> Like it sounds awful. Like it's very it, it, antisocial. It, it, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is you're the farthest thing from an antisocial person. Oh yeah. If you're in front of me, you're. I mean, I'm all the fuck up in you. It, it could have been. I, I hadn't seen you for like forty years, and it would just be, bam. I'm all up in that. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. So yeah, I don't know. That is. I've never really thought about that about me, but that is kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like like Ariel, my wife, like. When we're away, she's like, "Do you miss me?" I'm like, "Well, I guess." <laughs> you know, it, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? You guess? It's like, I, like, is that an emotion? Like, what? What is missing someone? Is it a thought process? Is it an emotion? Is it a longing? Like, yeah, what is it? Speaking of things that can't be measured. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, like, when I think of, like, there is a. I felt that this longing inside of me before about stuff. And I feel, I feel like that's kind of the same thing, right? Missing and longing mm-hmm. for something or similar. Almost like there's a void that you have to fill. Yeah. And it always feels like right in the center of my chest, like that longing feeling. That's heart disease. Oh, that's what that, that explains so much, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Cause I have most of the time when I experience longing, it's for like a cheeseburger. Or it's just heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I know that that like you've been down. How long you've been down, down? Been down here? Um, like a little over three months, but it feels two. like forty years. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's like every single day is just like because I think it, because it's new. Like every single day, there's so much new input. Mm-hmm. Like everything is brand new, everything. So it just feels. And it, but but really, when you think about it, that's always the case in your life. Like this is no, always brand new. Yes, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Not if you. No, 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 no. The, your experience in any point in time in reality in the now is brand new. Can you debate that? Like you can't. Like it's completely uh, well, brand new. It, well, how you how are you defining brand new? Because like like just everything is always slightly different. Just always slightly different. But the variance is that that has to be factored in. So like okay okay let's say I'm a person. Okay. I, yes, let's say I'm a person. <laughs> Who lives in the woods. Let's suppose I'm Let's, a human. Yes. Lives in the woods. <laughs> I am disconnected from society. I have a finite amount of things, a finite amount of time. Uh-huh. I do not interact with anyone else. Okay. What is new? Just the experience itself. Like, the, the now. Breathing, the breathing? The oxygen? The like, now is brand new. Like, your, pros- your progress through this life... Like every moment of it is brand new because that's how linear time works. Like it's I, brand new. I know, but you're still not quantifying how it's brand new. Yeah, you can't. You're saying that you can't. So you, all right, all right. So say you get up on a Tuesday, you live in your little your your little tent. You get up on a Tuesday in your tent. You look up at the exact same tent you see every single day. 
you stir, you get up, you go out, and you piss in the exact same area you see every single day. Uh-huh. You piss there. You heat up some water, boil some water, and make a cup of coffee with the old camp, with the old <laughs> hipster uh, camp coffee maker. And you pour yourself a cup of coffee that you do every single day. Okay. But the it's a Tuesday. And but more specifically, it's not a it's not just a Tuesday, it's it's Tuesday, March twelfth. Okay. Which is not today. I'm I'm just saying a day out loud. It's Tuesday, March twelfth of twenty nineteen. Okay. The next time you have a Tuesday it will not be March 12th of 2019. You will have grown a week's worth of growing by the next Tuesday. Your perception of, of reality, your perception of everything is affected by what you have learned, what you've been exposed to. Like when you were two years old, your perception of a Tuesday is different than when you're 40 years old. Yeah. Why, why do I keep using the word 40? Or, yeah. <laughs> your perception of doing the exact same thing at 90 years old would be way different. It would be very, it will be way more painful. (laughs) (laughs) There would be all this new shit that happens from doing the exact same thing. Like the exact same thing. It's still different. It's brand new. It's brand new. That is, that's, that's, that's a very um, optimistic way to look at it. I think. Uh-uh. I, I'm not even trying to be optimistic. I'm not just, saying you're trying yeah, to be. I'm just saying I believe it's, that's, it's inherently optimistic. Yeah. Well, well, that's good then. I hope it is. But it's it's brand new, and you can. And I also think that that means that you're able to change every single day. Like if you don't look at it that way, then if you're not in tune with this growth that's happening in your life every single day then you're you're liable to miss things that would lead you down like more interesting paths because you know somebody says something to you and it's it's like an opportunity or they say something to you yeah hey um i'm i'm going to i'm just trying to think of something i'm going to a oil painting class this afternoon okay and if you're in the mundane when they say that you're just like okay cool but there's also this idea like, what if I went with you? You know, like, you know? <laughs> you know? like if you view it as though like every day is presenting you with new brand, oper- new, brand opportunities. new opportunities. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're all around you all the time. Like it's just, per- they're endless. It's endless. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we saw that guy doing yoga today. We did. If I wanted to, I could have went over and talked to him and who knows, I might've went down the path of doing more yoga because of just going over there and talking to that guy. Like I could have started like being like, when do you come up here and hang out? When do y'all do this? We can yoga. We'll start shit. Yeah, we can be yogi friends. This it's like that every single day, all around you, all the time. Like you can choose any path, any path. But you have to want to. You have to want to choose a path. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well, no, no, because well, because not making a choice yeah. is a choice. That is true. Like you have to want to change something. I don't think even no. You shouldn't say change. Uh, see, all right. So I would I wouldn't word it as you want to change something. You want to grow. You want to see new things. 
you want to be exposed because if it is all brand new, then you need to expose. Oh, this goes back to now. I'm thinking about the campsite now. Okay. So like if if you're in tune with this idea of growth and brand new and all this, so maybe on that Tuesday, what you do is you actually start looking at leaves. You just look at individual leaves, like each one, like you try to understand the foliage around you better. The next day you're like looking at insects. Like there's so many layers. Like if you want to, like there's, there's just, everything is around you is brand new. There's no way your, your senses can absorb it all. Like there's so many facets to it all. Like, let me go around the woods and smell it all today. Like that's one thing by itself. (laughs) And then how do those woods smell in summer and when, how do they smell in winter? Yeah. How does it yeah, smell yeah, when and, it just rained? How and, does it smell when it's hot? And you're absorbing that information whether you want to or not. Yeah, you are. It's all yeah. subtle. Yeah, it's all this nuance that you are. Yeah, we are absorbing it every day. How much effect does a, a different pair of underwear play on your <laughs> your overall day? I don't know, but it's it's something. It's something that you're you are feeling it all day. That underwear is touching your dick the entire day. <laughs> It's communicating something. We don't know it, it, how to... It, 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 we tune it out for the most part, but it's there. Yeah, yeah. Like my shoe right now is communicating, fuck your foot. <laughs> so, I get it. Wow. That, man, that was a deep, we weird... Went, we went fucking sideways <laughs> on that one. So, okay, so so, so... so, New Orleans. Me and you have been walking it. We walked it a lot today. Yeah, we did. We had a nice little meal at this place. I can't remember what it was called. Where did we? What did we even eat? Oh yeah, Mina's Palace. Mina, Mina. Mina or Mina? Mina's Palace. Yeah, yeah, it was delicious. It's very, very good. This little diner down in the kind of quarter area. It's pretty neat. Yeah, there was, uh, and 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 one of the like one of the, as we walked through what seemed to be like the art district. I, I don't I don't know if that's a thing or not. Yeah, it, I mean, well, I, I think New Orleans and the French Quarter in general is an arts district. Like <laughs> everywhere you go, it's art. Like so much culture, mm-hmm. so much diversity. Like there's I, what was my statement? There's more culture in four blocks here than there is in the entire state of Mississippi. Yeah, and the other thing he kept saying all day was, "This is a, this is a fucking Monday." <laughs> Why is all this happening on a Monday? <laughs> yeah, like like everything was bustling. It was bustling like it was yeah, fucking two days before Christmas. You know, it's so true. It really was. And it's it, it's just it's alarming. Like I, I've never I've never been down here on a Monday. Oh, I bet you hadn't. Yeah, not, you always like, go not, back on a Sunday. Not like know. a normal ass just Monday afternoon. It wasn't Monday in the evening when people were coming out for the nightlife. It wasn't Monday of Monday night football. Like, this was just a fucking Monday. That's true. So even think about that. Like, all right, this goes back to the conversation we were having is that this is a different day of the week that you've never been in New Orleans. So it's a whole different experience in a way. Yeah. It's brand. Yeah. It's a brand new experience. I mean, but even brand new in the sense that me and you are hanging out together alone. Like, I don't think me and you alone have ever hung out in New Orleans together. Nope, nope we've never done that. Me and you have... Uh, and then there's this other aspect of, like, you've never taken the streetcar to get to the French Quarter. But it's, right. it's, you've been to the French Quarter a million times or however many times, but yeah. you've never done it in this exact fashion. Yeah, yeah. The streetcar is cool, but it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, what were you saying about? Well, <laughs> it's it's like the Wikipedia of transportation. <laughs> and I didn't get that. I don't get that fully. You need to explain it more. Okay, like, so you have a car full of people, and at any point, any of them can say, "I want to get off here." Yeah. They had there's a little string that you pull, which is fucking so 1800s. A little string <laughs> that you pull, and it makes a buzzing noise. Yeah, and the guy and, hears it, and he's like, <laughs> "Okay, I'll stop." Like. <laughs> They're they're literally wiki editing the trip as you're making. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. The wiki, you know, (laughs) that's such a goofy way to look at it. That's wiki. (laughs) (laughs) Crowdsourcing our journey is it's fucking weird. Yeah, and it's really like it doesn't really work in the middle of the day when that many people are on it because it was packed. Yeah, when it's that packed, you're stopping at every stop. You just are, but it's really nice. I like, you know, um, midnight mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. You know, you take it then, and there may be five people on it or three people on it. Yeah. And then it really makes sense to, to pull oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'll drop a dollar to 25 to get across town, basically. Oh, yeah. A dollar 25. Yeah, that's, that's, an, that's an incredible price. And they even have. If, if you are lower income, they have a reduced rate mm-hmm. for lower income people, which is, I just think is neat. And I don't even, I think all you have to do is say, I want the reduced rate, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I actually like, while we were, while we were jam packed in that huge, like full fucking trolley car or whatever the hell it's called. Like my first thought was we need to find a way to get all of these people off of here. Like, these, these are not locals. <laughs> no, you're right. There's you know, any of them were from here. So like make it almost free for locals and charge. That's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah. I was thinking something and, yeah, similar on the trip charge, too. Yeah. Charge outsiders like eight bucks a trip. Yeah. I was thinking know, something. Yeah. That's a great to point. Discourage them from using it. And they would still like, even if, you know, a quarter less used it or something. The money you're gaining off of it totally yeah it's like you had 40 times as many people on the on the trolley this whole time that's a great idea and i had a similar thought when i was thinking about because i started thinking about the reduced fare and then i was thinking like what if there was a way to make pricing for everything completely relative to your income level so like if you're a billionaire yeah like a sandwich costs like seven thousand dollars or something (laughs) <laughs> then what's the point in being rich? I know. <laughs> I mean, that would be ideal. That would well, be ideal. I don't. I, I don't know if I can get on board with that. Yeah. Well, I, I just view it in a way. I guess I view it in a way of like, it's not fair that being poor makes it harder to do things. Like it's it's it like every it. Everything should be as easy to do for everyone. I, I just believe well, that. I, well, like, there is a baseline that should exist. Absolutely. Yeah, and also by charging the billionaire seven thousand dollars for a snicker, it makes them be able to charge everybody else less for it because that completely makes up for it. So, yeah. like the, the business doesn't lose any money at all. You're just describing taxes. Yeah, in a you're way. Just, you're just describing in taxes. a way, but I mean even deeper. Like if we could somehow create some amazing algorithm that could track each person's income level. And when they went into a store, when they looked at everything, the Mm -hmm. prices were at their income level. Like maybe augmented reality. It just lays it on it. (laughs) 
they don't even you know from there they don't even know what however yeah you know however much somebody else is paying um the the person running the cash register doesn't like be like holy fuck you're paying way more than the other guy he just <laughs> does it so everybody still has this experience of just going in and buying a candy bar and yeah. you know it hardly affects you your can, wallet at all yeah. like it's it's just a candy bar and you just go and buy a candy bar for I don't know. It's an interesting concept. I don't know. I mean, yeah, like, I, could it work? Probably not for again, many reasons. Well, again, it just encourages you not to get rich. I don't think so. Because, again, what? Do you, where's the benefit in getting rich? If everything proportionally costs more money, what benefit? But that's, you, but you're. you're you're saying you have to be. You have to be comparing your your experience to everyone else's, right? Like you have to be like, what the fuck, man? All this work and I'm having the same experience as everybody else. This sucks. Like, what the fuck is that? I don't. That, I don't even. Part of being like, I, I'm not rich, obviously, but I. I can't even imagine seeing it that way. If you're, if you have money, you want to have an experience that is better than people who don't have as much money as you. No, no, no. So, so all right. So the income level you're at now, right? You let you go through your day. Whatever your fucking day is, you go to the mm-hmm. grocery store, you you spend one hundred and twelve dollars on whatever little yeah. crap. Like, do you ever, when you're doing that, are you ever thinking, I'm just so glad, I, I'm I'm just so glad I'm not a homeless guy in here right now. Like, like are you ever comparing it that experience to other people's experience, or do you just do it? Like, I mean, you just do it. Like, like, like it may work with everyday goods, but how is a if I had disposable income like that, mm-hmm. how would I separate myself from the normies? I mean, you, you be yourself. Like, there's a re- like there's a reason that the, the rich person buys the BMW. Okay, all right, that is different now that we're starting to think of like when you start getting into into, into um, something other than candy bars. Exactly. Yeah, like everyday items. Like, yeah, maybe maybe work. this is the nuance. Maybe that is something to do with the nuance. Is like for everyday household goods, like um, laundry detergent. Even that one, yeah. There's a big difference there because everybody's going for the Tide, you know. Everybody's going for it. No, I don't. No, fuck Tide. Like, if it was, if everybody paid the same. Well, there's no. There's you're still going to have the nicer. I guess you still could choose cheaper products. Yeah, even if everybody made the same, you could still choose. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's just a weird situation where it 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 devalues the idea of being rich. I don't think it does. And here's another reason I'd say that. So even a billionaire, they pay an inflated rate for everything. They've still got way more <laughs> left over at the end. You're right. You're like, right. Like way more left over, even after all of it. Like because that's how that's how much they make. So I don't know. I think it could still work. Like I, I think yeah, Jeff Bezos would be fine if he had to pay seven thousand dollars for every candy bar. <laughs> He yes. would be completely fine, and he, he would be beyond like living on our level. There's, even. there's already he's probably already paying seven thousand dollars for a candy bar. It's just not a Snickers. Yeah, he's it's like just some lady named Candy at a bar, <laughs> and he buys her and, and the buys, bar at yeah, the same time. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a seven thousand dollar bundle. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like, but your idea and my idea. Like combine the like like my trolley idea yeah. of like 
charging the locals basically nothing so and charging them what if that was built into the economy of an area take orlando yeah like native orlando people can go buy groceries at a grocery store when they swipe their card the groceries are a hundred dollars but if you're from out of town and you're bringing in the yeah the the like the 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 tourist money that same one hundred dollar bill is two fifty yeah 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 you that's know, a it, that's a great that's a great point. I see what you're saying. Because 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 think because that, that is so true. Because like that's a big part of the problem when you have our, it's it's kind of like a justification issue. I, that's exactly yeah. where I was going with this. Yeah, because yeah, and that's a big part of the problem in a lot of places. Is that so to have culture, to have a culture like an area that that becomes of interest. What happens is is like oh that's interesting, and now all these people want to flock to see it, and they come in. And what they do is they bring all this money in, yeah. which should be a good thing. It should, it should be a good like, thing paper, for everybody. It's a good thing. On paper, it's a good thing. But what happens is, is like they bring money in. It like ca- makes the cost of living there and it skyrocket, it and it washes, washes out, the culture out. out. Yeah. Like, it's a really... Man. Yeah, it's a, yeah and, and I guess the, the problem is, like, we don't have the technology to really implement this. But if you did, it really could be the the answer to a lot of problems. I think, like if you can, we somehow, have the technology, sort of. Like, I mean, you, you, it's it would be really hard to be able to just, like, all right, tell me this. All right, so say somebody comes in to New Orleans from Ohio. Okay. How do you implement a system that recognizes that they're from Ohio and they should pay more? Like, think about that. Like, trying to actually implement it. You on any kind no, of universal no, you level. You don't give it to them. You give it to the locals. Say that again. Okay. All right. All right. Let's say. Let's say. No, you were saying they pay more, though. That's what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, well, okay. I'll follow me here. Okay. You go into a store. Let's say on Bourbon Street or just, just anywhere in New Orleans. It's going to have the tourist price. Okay. However, the locals being from here have been given, say, an augmented reality visor. Or just a set of glasses, almost like Google Glass. Yeah. And on the price, you've got the price and then a QR code. The QR code is scanned by the glasses and tells the person wearing the glasses the local price. And also, your glasses have like an RFID chip that um, somehow identifies you as as a local. Exactly. Like, the technology exists. It does exist. You're right. Yeah. But it's a matter of implementing it. Yeah. And one, Dude, and I can't even imagine enough. how much that would change things if you had it that way. Yeah. Holy shit. That blows my mind. Like, you want these prices? Move down here. Contribute to the culture. That blows my mind to think about. Yeah. It's it's. Sick. All right, we need we need drinks. We'll take a little break. While we take our break. I want to tell you about some new podcasts in the Reality Breached podcast family. First up, The Unapologetic Experience, starring Jarius, the unapologetic geek. Rebreeze's sports guy has branched out and launched his own show. From geek stuff to wrestling to the NBA, Jarius brings his trademark attitude to the podcast world with the unapologetic experience available on all major podcast platforms next up is the shellheads podcast starring rebreeze own sergio 
Hey, that's me and Jeff Hub of the Warp Zone Arcade. Shellheads is a Rebri podcast that is 100% Ninja Turtles all the time. From the classic comic to the current cartoon, all aspects of the TMNT are covered in this super fan built show. Check it out on realitybreach.com or all major podcast platforms. And now, back to the show. So bringing up like gentrification is, I, I I think somewhere at home I have written down a bunch of weird recalibrated topics that we should talk about. And that was one of I, them. Gentrification is one that is a fascinating thing. All right, well let's go and, into it. A little and bit. I, I believe that, that that yes, you're the right person to have this conversation <laughs> with, uh, especially with your situation having you move down here into an area that looks half gentrified but not. Like there's new there's new construction, but there's also a lot of old buildings. Yeah, oh for sure, man. I mean, yeah, it's definitely like that was one of the the first things I noticed when I started looking for a place to live down here. Like when you when you when you come to New Orleans, you come for a day or two, right? Typically, and you're the way you see things is different than if you were down here every day. Yeah, like the the things you would value would <laughs> would change drastically if you lived down here every day mm-hmm. versus live you know versus just coming for a day or two. I mean, you're looking for a quote New Orleans experience or something, right? When you come down every day, but if you just live here, you're looking. I don't know. You're looking for like functionality. You're looking for how close is the nearest grocery store? You know, it's like weird stuff like that. Yeah, that you don't even that you don't even think about. But when I started looking for a place to live, that's when I started thinking about these things. How, how do I want to live every day? You know, if you chose to live on the French Quarter, like you're choosing to give away your vehicle. Like you can't even have a car down there. There's no one to park it. Yeah. Or, or if you did, I mean, you're spending $5,000 a year or something on <laughs> parking your vehicle. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. So there's, there's just all that kind of stuff. And... This house I really, really liked when I first started looking. I loved this house. It was, it was just like so typical. Like it was on, like it was over there in Uptown, which is right by St. Charles. You know, which is St. Charles is like one of the main streets. That's where all the parades. Like really, New Orleans has like fifty parades leading up to Mardi Gras, <laughs> and about thirty-five of them go down St. Charles. So oh, okay. it's it is the the place to be for parade season. And, uh, but the more I started looking at the house and I immediately wanted to understand like the area around it and the neighborhood and stuff. And I started looking there and the more I started looking around, I realized like 80% of this is Airbnbs, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like you're buying into like, it's like you're buying a plot of land at Disney world or something. The more, yeah, you start looking into it and that's what gentrification is in a way it's like the disneyfication of of everything i think we should stop calling it gentrification and just call it disneyfication i don't know no 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 like gentrification is a good word because it it defines specific it's just something it defines it defines something very specific yeah and you know what i've never looked into this what what is 
a gentry. You know, I've never Googled the word gentry. Oh, yeah. Or understood yeah, I don't what, that. why that word is what it is. Why does it represent that? Let's uh, Google that. You get your phone on you? My phone Are is you, recording this. You can't right do now. multiple things at once. I don't want to risk it. It might crash, you think? I'm not. I'm just saying. Here, I'll get like, my phone you have there. a phone. There's no reason to use mine. <laughs> All right, let's look up gentrification then, shall we? Yeah. Or gen- gentry. Yeah. Well, it, well really, it'll the, give the root, it, it'll, yeah. it'll give you the root when you look it up. Uh, which that's actually that's very that's a very reality recalibrated move to look something up mid podcast. We do. That's what we do. That's what we do, baby. The word gentrification derives from gentry. Of course. Which comes from the old French word gentris. And that's in quote, of gentle birth. And people of gentle birth in the 16th century. So rich people? So in the 14th century of gentle... Yeah, you're probably right. That makes sense. This is just for the listeners in case you don't know much about gentrification. I'll give you a quick... I'm going to read the first paragraph from Wikipedia. Gentrification is a process of renovating deteriorated urban neighborhoods by means of the influx of more affluent residents. This is a common and controversial topic in politics and in urban planning. Gentrification can improve the material quality of a neighborhood while also potentially forcing relocation of current established residents and businesses, causing them to move from a gentrified area seeking lower cost housing and stores. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's good to know that. Like if you didn't know it, uh, yeah, it, I, I have mixed feelings about gentrification uh, because ultimately it is an influx of money. Yeah, like take take Jackson. Like Jackson, there are certain areas of Jackson that are getting gentrified. Like Fondren is <clears throat> knee deep in gentrification. Yeah, I, I mean, you even think about the entire <clears throat> the entire political pr- premise of everything is. Like, really, all the politicians are going, please come here and gentrify us. Like, you're like, yeah. please, business, come here and bring in a bunch of money and gentrify me. Yes. Because for some reason, like, this sucks. And we need to, <laughs> we need to, we need to change something. We need to fix something, right? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, if you're looking at, you know, miles and miles of just abandoned buildings, mm. you know. That's a good point. And that, that's really the, the bigger aspect of it is gentrification hasn't always been a thing. Like, no. It's only... Well, I think, I think it's just gotten its name now. That's true. I mean, probably any city of any important size mm-hmm. has areas of it where the resources stop flowing towards it and start flowing to other parts of the city. Yeah. and like It's I, probably been going on for, for thousands of years. What, what, I, what I understand about New York is <clears throat> like boroughs will go through like periods where all the money's in Brooklyn this decade. The money then moves to the Bronx yeah, the weird? next de- uh, decade. And it just kind of rotates around. And so right now, Brooklyn's the hot place to be. And it's basically just a new coat of paint until the affluent people are like, we're done here. Let's go to Manhattan. Let's go to Staten Island, which I don't think they ever go to. But that's that's just gentrification over and over and over. Yeah. And it's I would say it's mostly like it's mostly predicated but I still say I, I, all right, I'm starting to think about this more. Like, you know, I immediately want to look at it through a capitalist mind frame. Yes. 
and you're thinking uh, so obviously it's it, it has massively to do with like costs the cost of living in an area yes like that's a huge component of it but it's it's hard to say that that only happens in capitalism because I mean the, the fact of the matter is is an area is is hot right now mm-hmm. even if you don't have a price to reflect that that's where everybody's going and that makes it more desirable and that makes it more competitive to get into that area right like yeah, which drives prices up yeah like so 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 prices can also be a reflection of this of this uh, principle that has nothing to do instead of blaming capitalism always like sometimes like you do yeah well I, well I mean <laughs> it is my first thing to do but I'm realizing that's not always completely accurate because there is I mean supply and demand is a thing like <laughs> yes it's a thing it's a thing regardless of your capitalist system like, yeah regardless if if you even have a monetary system like there's still Resources, limited resources, yeah, and people vying for those resources. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. So back on on point. Where else can we go with gentrification? This is good though. Like I feel like we are thinking about it and talking about it in different angles. Yeah, right now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the the influx of money that say a Jackson gets from that. And I can only speak of Jackson because that's you know, where I'm from. There are, there's a huge infrastructure hole there because there's not enough tax dollars to cover the amount of things they have to do because there's not enough people. There's not enough money. You can only tax the people that live there so much. Yeah, but all right. So I, that, that's something else to think about. Is um, like there. I mean, when we're talking about Jackson. And I think when you're talking about most of these places, there's a, a class component and a racial component to it. Yes. Right? So if if Jackson at one point was bustling, I mean, there yes. were people just like, I mean, you go downtown and there's just people in the streets just, bam, just walking everywhere. On this, a Monday. Yeah. On a Monday <laughs> of all fucking days, dude, a Monday. And there's people walking around everywhere. There's all this stuff happening. And then what happens is, somehow, interestingly, around the civil rights movement, all that stopped. Yeah. Oh, I was being ironic, but <laughs> the, the reason, obviously, the reason it stopped was like there's like this white flight that happens because of this. Like, there. If if you're gonna make, basically if you're gonna make us mix with black people, we're, we're going getting, to we're, we're going to live, here. we're gonna go live somewhere where the black people can't afford. Yeah, live. that's that's exactly what it was. Yeah, and if they, and if they come to my neighborhood, I'm going to freak out and move again. I don't yes. care. I don't. I don't want them invading us. Right. <laughs> it's such yeah. an insane viewpoint, but it's everywhere, even today. Yeah. Them, they're invading us. Yeah, and, and we all know who they is and, in the modern context. Yeah, and, and like gentrification is like the opposite of that. It's like. We're taking this shit back. It's not even political. It's completely economic. Like when I, you do, I would, I, I would disagree with that. Okay, I've got, a, I've got an angle. I want to hear, like, I want to hear like, how you look at it. The reason you gentrify an area is because of its culture. So 
you have a seed of culture, and then everyone who had previously white flighted is now moving back saying, no, I went back in to the culture that I abandoned. And now they're coming back to try to integrate themselves into what they see as valuable. Yeah. And with them, they bring industry, which then washes out the culture. Yeah. It's, it's like the opposite of white flight. Well, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. And, and that is, um, and, and that, all, all, that also goes right back to what we're saying about class and race, like being such a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, you had an angle. But I see it in this other way, the economic aspect of it. And, and it's all based on the same concept. When, when the upper classes, when the white and the affluent, wherever they go becomes the valuable place. Like, that's just how it works. Yeah. When they leave a place, that place becomes cheap. Yes. And they are choosing, they are, like, somebody choosing, I no longer want to uh, dedicate resources here. Yeah. I want to dedicate resources there. It, it, it doesn't make sense to funnel money into something that loses money. Well, I mean... No, you can't. You can't even go there. White flight is not that. It's not saying this doesn't make sense to funnel money into something that's losing money. It's, well, no, it's we're, saying we're this, not talking about white flight right now. We're talking about the economic side of it. Yeah, but I'm trying to connect these two ideas together. Okay. I guess. Okay. I guess that's what I'm doing. But um, so, so no. So what I think is like, all right. So white flight is this. Um, you flee. From the people that you see as lesser than thou, mm-hmm. you flee from there, leave them to themselves, drown, drain them of uh, the the resources and the tax revenue and the, the the income that would help an area, and then over time the area becomes dirt cheap, yes. and then you can go back and buy it for dirt cheap for pennies on the dollar. Okay, you sold at the top and you come back and buy at the low. Yes. And, and then and and, yeah. and then you build it up, you gentrify it. Yeah, that's the economic component. Yeah, you, so, yeah. you yeah. And and then you inflate it, you hype it up. This is the new area. It's growing. It's growing. This is the new place to be. And then everybody buys in, and you sell at the top, and you walk off. Yeah. And then and then when it collapses again, you come back and you buy it again. Like that. This is. Yeah. And it's, this is like all around us. Uh, uh, people say disaster capitalism. I heard that <laughs> word. And that's kind of what you're doing. Like you're creating these fucking nuclear bombs that explode over and over again. Just yeah, yeah. And it devastates people, especially poor people, because poor people can't leave. Like poor people are just there. That's where they are. Yeah, yeah. It like I, I can't tell you. Like my parents bought a when I was a child. When I was six, they bought a house. Mm-hmm. They were paying a mortgage through my entire childhood. Paying a mortgage when I was in college, and then the area they were in collapsed. Yeah, just bottom completely yeah. fell out of it. So all the money they dumped in that house, gone. It, it shrunk. Just gone. Yeah, it shrunk down to maybe thirty k. Yeah, exactly. Something absurd. You know, just at your house, just gone. That you bought for a hundred thousand when when the real realtors were hyping it up. This is the place yeah. to be. This is the Property values are going to skyrocket, yeah, yeah. or maintain at the very at the very best it maintains, mm-hmm. you know. And ultimately, they move, and they're back at square one. Yeah, yeah, and they moved 
like luckily they could they could move. They could. Yeah, they they had the ability to move. But say you couldn't move and you stay there long enough, maybe at some point uh, somebody comes in and starts buying everything around you. Yeah, like and there, then what do you do? No How shitty would that be? There's no guarantee it happens in the same gener- like lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it could be 150 years later. Yeah, yeah. It could take decades, yeah. But yeah. And, and and with us being in America, there's no guarantee it'll ever happen. We have, yeah. that's the one thing America has enough of. Space. Land. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the biggest city in Illinois may not even... 400 years from now, the biggest city of Illinois may not even, may not even exist today. Yeah, you never know. You really don't. But I still do. I do say that some things, like there, there is a geographic component to all this that we're that we're missing out on. Yeah, less and, less. and it's simply like there are places, like due to all of the, like to so say, being by a river, increases like economic economic growth like just just that, that yeah. simple thing of yeah, being by a river and any big city has a river by it like it's just, like I'm trying to think of one that doesn't other than like Vegas Vegas is a manufactured city yeah exactly yeah, yeah we, we, that's we, exactly yeah, it we gentrified sand that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what Vegas it is it's kind of interesting yeah, yeah. That, that's a really yeah that's a an interesting way to look at gentrification is to look at it through the lens of Vegas and and uh, Native American populations like that can give you like a really raw view of what uh, gentrification is. I, I, I we could prop we could go into all that. That sounds like it would time. be really lengthy though. No, like all right, like Vegas is is a is it's such a weird anomaly. It's like mm-hmm. we have all of this literally useless land. Mm-hmm. There's you can't do anything mm-hmm. with desert, but fuck it. We've invented we invented air conditioning. We invented grass that grows in a- anything. Yeah, irrigation systems. irrigation systems. Like technology is the only thing keeping New Mexico and Arizona in the modern age <laughs> because they shouldn't exist. People aren't designed to live in the desert. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. All right, so we're staying on the gentrification topic. You know, other than the Native Americans situation, but even then, like Vegas is a tiny little blip in the in the area that maybe the Pueblo Indians would have resided in, right? Yeah, like, like, like how do we? Like, get... it's really not that big of a deal that that right. there was just it. I don't want to say that because that really sounds awful. The more I think about it, because it could have been a big deal for, to the people that li- that were in that right. specific I don't, area. I don't, I don't know enough about. Yeah, we don't know enough specific. And who but... knows? It could have been completely abandoned. Like it could have been just a completely barren. The desert land that nobody gave a fuck about. Let's let, let's create an oasis. Literally create an yeah. oasis where we have legalized gambling and prostitution. Yeah, but the point I was getting at with it is, in that case, let's assume that it wasn't. It, it didn't really step on anybody's feet or harm anybody. Okay, to all right. It's, it, in we're, that we're case, in a vacuum. Yes, it was resources dumped into an area, and all it did was create this. Um, I mean, some people call it a paradise. I think it's like vomit-inducing, but some people call it. I, 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 I want nothing to do. And with it's things. created a place. I mean, a lot of people choose to live there. Like, there's people that live there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and it, like people. And in that have case, successful lives there. In that case, there's nothing wrong with gentrification. You know, like in that case, you you can hardly find anything wrong. Like, assuming, 
that, and I don't, I, I probably, there probably weren't. There probably weren't, there was nobody there. <laughs> there was probably nobody there. Yeah, like. Actually, I would like to know the history. There had to, actually, there, probably there had to have been history there. There has, they didn't just pick a random blank square on the map. Like something was there. There had to have been some route. There has to be some history to Las Vegas. Like maybe it was like at the start, it was like a filthy gold mining <laughs> prostitution ring or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's where all the Californian gold miners drove out to get their hookers. Is this, is that the, yeah, the history like of Vegas? And they were like, let's add gambling to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wouldn't even. Con- I think that's just part of it. You're playing poker, you know, shooting. You shoot your friend in the chest with your revolver or whatever you do. Yeah. So Vegas has been around since 1821. 1821. Yeah. Let's see. That means in two years it'll be 200 years old. It was given, the name Las Vegas was given to the city by Rafael Rivera, a member of Antonio Armijo's trading party that was traveling to Los Angeles and stopped for water there on the old... Oh, there was water there. Of course there's fucking water there. And stopped for water there on the old Spanish trail from New Mexico. At that time, several parts of the valley contained artesian wells surrounded by extensive green areas. It wasn't just a desert. Las Vegas means the meadows in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Meadows. The flows from the walls fed the Las Vegas Wash, which runs to the Colorado River. The flows from the wells. Did I say walls? I think I think you said. Oh yeah. The flows from the wells. Huh. Okay, so so like like even even in there was the water. middle of the desert, there the reason that place exists is because it was a strategic place to set up a place yeah. of living because of this rare water in them. It was an oasis. Yeah, it was a fucking oasis. So that how, was it. How far are how far away are we from being able to detach ourselves from the geographic benefits of places? Like it's 2019. What is stopping us from choosing a place that has no geographic benefits well, well, I and would, creating a city from scratch. I would say it's the supply and demand component still. Like it's still, it costs more money to bring water somewhere where it doesn't already go. Like that that makes moving anywhere like the mo- like if you can think of the most remote region. Trying to set up a city in Antarctica. Oh God. <laughs> the, the cost of doing that yeah, true, are just true. completely prohibitive on every single level. Like there's, it's completely prohibitive. And even the people that would come to visit, it's prohibitive to them to pay to come down there. I guess you, I, I guess, I, I guess you're absolutely right. Like there's nothing we can do to detach ourselves from the geographic nature. of Look at California. Like, you smoke a cigarette the wrong way, half of California catches on fire, and they can't and they can't put it out. Yeah, and that reflects in the cost of things, right? Yeah, I mean, that reflects in why the cost of living is so high. There, there's all these other components that yeah we don't really think about. That yeah, they're reflected in the cost. Yeah, like New, New Orleans is like ultimately benefited tremendously from being where it is. It exists the way it, it does because of where it is. Yeah, the Gulf and the Mississippi River, like that. That's it's just yeah, it's colossal. Like yes, think that it is massive. 
it, just look like, at how big big of a purchase the Louisiana purchase was, and all they really wanted was New Orleans. Was the ac- well the access to the river mouth? Yeah, yeah, that's what you wanted. The river mouth. <laughs> that. Ooh, ooh. Do you know what water is called that flows into the ocean? Brackish. Boom. Look yeah. at you, motherfucker. Oh yeah, I'm obsessed with that. Like I, I, every time anybody from out of state like wants to talk to about New Orleans, like I immediately go into this. Well, you know, I mean, New Orleans is on the Mississippi River, and Mississippi River drops into the Gulf, and the reason that the Gulf is so muddy and nasty down here, when you think about it, is all this silt traveling across the entire country and dumping out into the bottom into the ocean right there, and that's why it looks so gross. And everybody hates on that, but. What the fuck? It's a river. It's, it's a massive... It's the third largest river in the world. Yeah. It's a huge river. It's like, what, the Amazon, the Nile, and the Mississippi? hmm Actually, I think the Nile, Amazon, Mississippi. Well, I, mean, I don't know. The, I, think, I think the Amazon has the most water in it. The Nile oh, is yeah. the longest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going by length. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, Amazon's got to have the most... It's a fat. I always picture it as a fat river in my it's head. It's like a nice, Big ass fat river, fat ass Amazon river. <laughs> <laughs> it's less a river, just an elongated lake. <laughs> it's just a big, long, moving lake. <laughs> uh, it's and oh, it's so. How did we get to where we are? Uh, we're talking geopolitics, economics. Uh, we're talking a lot of stuff here. It's like really high level. We sound smart. <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> so okay, all right. So, I guess to, to to bring this back home, you live here now. I live here, dog. Like this isn't like a temporary. Oh, I'm gonna go spend a semester in New Orleans. Like, you don't have anyone living at home. Like, you, like your parents don't live in the Jackson area anymore. Your brother doesn't live in the Jackson area. Like, there's little other than friends there's nothing tying you to that so this is this is home yeah this is home and it's weird I, I, I don't know I don't I still don't view it that way yet I haven't been here long enough I guess you know well three months isn't very long yeah but it, I also don't view Jackson as home like it's uh, is, is it just somewhere you left behind well it's it, no I don't even view it that way I just, I mean, I think it's just a transition, you know, to this being home. Like, mm-hmm. but when I think about home, like it does, like my my definition of what home is is compared to the comfort level that I lived in in Jackson. Like, I mean, yeah. So it is still there. I mean, you know, it is in a way home, but it's not because I don't live there anymore. Like, it's not <laughs> home. It can't be home. So I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. It like, just anecdotally speaking, on my end. You've been here three months, but when we were driving around and walking around, you were very, you were very much like, oh, and over here, this is this, uh, yeah, th- and th- this road always busy, the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like over here is where there's there's live music all of the time, blah 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 blah. We need to come back here at night, like yeah yeah yeah. It 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 doesn't take long to pick up on the, I guess idiosyncrasies of the area, especially especially as a single dude. Oh yeah. Because it's not like you're coming home to a wife and yeah, kids and yeah, I watch just, fucking yeah. Law and Order. Like it's true. You just soak in your environment. And by the way, I hope if I ever have a wife and kids that I don't watch Law and Order. 
and then I'm able to, and then I am able to still just be like, I'm fucking going out. <laughs> like I hope that's what happens. I need to find that kind of woman <laughs> and that kind of kid. I just thought of something. Like your first kid's name should be Gentry. 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 Gentry Key. Middle name Fiction. <laughs> Gentry Fiction Key. <laughs> we've explored this a pretty good bit and we still got time left in the city together and I almost feel like we need to like go do that yeah 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 like we we haven't had a night out on the town yeah and that is the plan for tonight Monday night Monday night that's always the night you go out to town you know get fucking hammered on Monday (laughs) it's it's just it's it's weird to think that you're this is where you live now this is the new normal this is the new normal it is. It is. And, and, I find and nothing about it feels normal. Yet. Yet. It will. You'll get oh, there. Oh, yeah, it'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. And as, as, you're, as you grow your, your, I don't like using the word friend group, but like as you grow your life down here, you're going to become, become more attuned to what life in New Orleans is. Yeah. And you're going to have your people. You're going to have your group. You're going to have your go-to. You know, you you may even have your own cheers. You know, it's like that place that you end up, like that what that Mexican dance club. I you hope go to. that is my new cheers. <laughs> I hope that is my new cheers, dude. I would love to get to that level. Like, oh, Senor Daniel, hi! <laughs> it was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, and like ultimately, you're you're gonna meet a girl. You're, you know, you're gonna get married. Your kids are gonna be New Orleans kids. I'm gonna have no kids. You have no kids, <laughs> and despite your best efforts, they're going to be Saints fans, and your Dallas Cowboy days will be long behind you. Oh man, you're really fast forwarding. <laughs> God damn! Like, <laughs> like your, your Dallas Cowboy love will be distilled down to I just like Tony Romo. Oh God, <laughs> I do like him, man. Yeah, He's a very yeah. lovable guy. Low bro. Yeah. Like right. and, and like the, the, the most that we can ask of you, and I say we, we're speaking for everyone that you grew All up with. All the podcast listeners. Out yeah. There. Well no, just everyone you grew <laughs> up with. You know, everyone that 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 misses Daniel Key. Ugh. Yeah. Um just don't forget about us, man. Like I still want to do recalibrated. Like yeah. reality recalibrated is a staple of reality breached. They're some of my favorite episodes and we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, of course not. I, and I really I, I don't when I say I don't miss people it doesn't mean I forget people like that's that's absurd like I don't view it that way at all because I don't know like if you view it in the growth sense then it's like it's just one of the tree rings you know to point back at or something you mm-hmm. know but yeah I would never try to forget it like I know who the fuck I am I know the white <laughs> trash guy that I am I know where I came from and I own it every day I ain't trying to change that about me I'm Mississippi, dude. I'll always be one. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up, man. Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Do you wanna throw us? Throw us out of here? This because this is kind of your show. Recalibrate okay, yeah. your show. Yeah. Well, uh, I just wanted to uh, thank all y'all for uh, joining in and recalibrating with me. All six of y'all. <laughs> Actually, at this point in the episode, 
you. <laughs> Whoever you are. Not the plural you. <laughs> Whoever you are, you're the shit. And you should like tell me that you are you. I would like to know. Like, who that, are you? Actually, I would like to know if one person actually got to this point. And if they did, I need feedback to know that it actually happened. Oh, wow. But it might be a tall order. <laughs> and if it doesn't, it doesn't. But, uh, but yeah, love y'all. Peace be out. We're about to go do our thing. All right. And cue music. Still, still not the theme song. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>